On this episode of Quantum Week, it's December 16th through 22nd, 2007. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies. We talk about music. We talk about headlines, anything that's happening during that time period to make it unique. And today, we're still in December 2007. Yes. And we have a movie, if you would call it that. Do you call this thing a movie? Like, what do you call this thing? Yeah, it's like smut. What, what, yeah, what is this? Um, I know smut is like porn, but yeah, it's I, that's not, the it's word not porn, that I feel. porn, but it's not a movie. It's not film. It's, it's, not, it's not art. No, this is not art. Um, no. I don't know. what This is Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, the, the movie's Alvin one. and the Chipmunks, and then we're going to do a Santana song later. Yeah. Um, let's, get, let's get into Alvin and Chipmunks. So this is... I'm just going to come out right, right out and say, first off, everyone wants to hear me say this. I think this movie is fucking trash. It's fucking trash. This movie is trash. This is the worst movie we've covered. Without question. I don't maybe. know that for a fact, without, but it's, it's without down there. question, this it's, is by far the worst movie we've oh, covered. By I, far. Uh, this movie is really bad. Okay. So... And, and let's just get this up top because I, I just uh, I'm really disgusted by it. So um, everyone's going to say, well, Chris, this movie isn't for you. This is for small children, you know, young, young kids and stuff. And, mm. and you know what? OK, fine. But here's the fucking deal. I'm not a small child. No, I'm a 40 year old man. So I have to then judge this movie by my parameters. And this movie is not entertaining. This movie is schlock movie shit. And we'll go into it a bit. Yeah. I, I honestly, it's going to come a point in time. Where I'm going to have to stop. You're talking just going to have to cut it off. I just hate it. And we can talk a bit about David Cross and stuff, which I think is a much more. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Uh, talk David Cross and this movie have such a, uh, this movie series have such a complicated relationship. It's far more fascinating than, than anything at all. I just want to fucking movie. I want to pause on that word series because that's going to come up. Yeah, it is. It's, right. four, it's four of these. Um, this you is know the what first I, one. I take solace in the fact that um, you know that at most of these chipmunks are going to live 36 months and then they're fucking dead. Yeah. So um, the first one um, comes in. This is the first one. Uh, it had a budget. Of, this is, meanwhile, these are not cheap movies. No, this is a, this was a $60, 60 million dollar movie. And then the second one was 70. The third one was 80 and the fourth one was $90 million. It makes for sense be, because if you're going to still pay uh, fucking, what is it? Lee, Jason Lee Jason or whatever. Lee. Well, he's going to want I more think money. A lot of that I do more with the, the CGI. Elements. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm sure Jason Lee definitely. I mean, you're selling your, so we'll get into, we'll get into what it means to sell out. What is later. more shocking to you though? That the fact that they were willing to risk 60 million or the fact that this thing made 300 million. What's more shocking? Probably the former. I think so too. 60 million. Because like, think about where what? like Alvin Chimmons was like a shitty, well, whatever was like these stupid songs in the fifties and sixties. Right. And then in the eighties, they had a revival and it was like a Saturday, was a cartoon? Saturday morning cartoon. I, yeah, I watched right. it, you know, as a good kid at sometimes I don't watch a lot of cartoons growing up. Yeah. You still and don't I, like, I do want to address the idea. That this is a kid's movie. I think that's, that's, and it's gonna be something we're going to keep. We're actually going to run into next week as well. Next week we're doing um, up and we're also doing hangover. Yep. Um, but up is going to, come into this and sure and and we're gonna run into more we haven't run into many kids movies just by happenstance but we're gonna probably run into more of them i really hate children's films i think children's movies cartoons especially are just awful they're, pre- they're predictable they're stupid and and they're just they're they're worthless entertainment made for uh because studios and parents and people just think kids just can't digest anything that's has they don't care what the kids are digesting do it's, you think it's condescending it's beyond that. And it's also kind of like a babysitting move. It's like, it's exactly we need to give you content so that you can sit, you put your kid in a theater so that they'll shut up for two hours. Right. Or it's something to throw on, um, on cable while you, you know, whatever, drink wine or yeah, you know, right, text right, right, your, right. your, your friends or whatever. Uh, there were, there was a time when we were growing up when kids movies were not terrible. And I really believe that in the 1980s, I always refer back to this. Um, uh, so Matt and I were both children of the eighties. Yeah. You know, and you had movies that I think animated things, maybe we'll get down the animated discussion another day. Maybe we'll do that with up. Yeah. But this movie has a lot of those. This movie might as well be a cartoon. Um, it is a live action mix. Maybe you should give the, maybe you should give the uh, 15 second. Do you have that? I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, so the, so the, the, want, these really. chipmunks, Alvin, Simon, Theodore, they're singing rodents. They lose their habitat. Their tree gets cut down. Basically it's set to uh, sent to a record store. You know, yeah. it was around Christmas time or not a record store, like a record production company um, named jet records in, L- in LA where they bump into Dave uh, who is a struggling songwriter and they end up living with him. He writes them hit songs. David Cross plays an evil record producer and manager who tries to exploit them. Dave and the chipmunks become a family. Yes. Um, okay. Well, another thing I want to address 
Um, I got a lot of things. Yeah, so well, you said I'm the cartoon all, thing. Okay, yeah. I think maybe we'll save the animated thing for another day. Okay. Because I'm, I'm getting angry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, one thing I want to address is the commercialism of this film. I'm going to be all over the place in this one. I'm sorry, guys. This is, this is, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, this movie just angers me. So, um, okay. I'm sure I should, let me put a quote on the first thing first. The eighties movies thing. Thank you. So there were a lot of great films in the eighties. So I don't think kids movies have to be stupid. No, they you don't. Know, we grew up with things like Goonies. I know Goonies is a PG movie and this is a G. So it's a different thing, but you know, even like something like, you know, there are, there are ways you can make children's film entertainment entertaining well think about the the like the christmas movies like the abominable snowman one or like those things are not or even the yeah. grinch stuff or or uh the, like the animated grinch stuff or a lot of those aren't you know they're not condescending to kids even they're like, like the real like, stuff some darker some melancholy the peanuts is a good example the peanuts is a good example or even like uh like uh the land before time or american yeah, tale sure. just don boo things or sure. uh, you know or certainly some disney i mean i really i do hate disney yeah so uh it pains me to say this, but Disney is far more entertaining than this. Oh yeah. And so let me go into the commercials in this film. So I've never seen so much product placement in one movie. All over the place. I've never, I, this is, I, DHL I, right off the bat. Uh, um, all they, over the place. They open up the pantry and it's like goldfish. Oh cracker. yeah. It was just like, yeah. I've Lucky ne- charms. All everything. Over it yeah. was just, it was wall to wall. Uh, product placement. It was wild to see. They don't count that in terms of what they, the film made, right? We're, we're just talking Correct. about ticket sales. Yep. So, Jesus, so this thing, office. you know, international and domestic made exactly. 350 million plus another whatever in product placement at what 50 million in product placement. I have no idea. It's tough to say, especially with something that I've never seen anything like this before. Was that that over that abundant? The other thing, too, with this one you mentioned, and, and this is probably a big reason why I was in there. Yeah. What's more shocking to you? The 60 million dollar risk the studio took and maybe they offset that risk. Oh, they obviously did with all this product. placement. Right. If they knew they like, could generate they, 20 million or something, they were probably then. worried like, oh, shit, yeah. this, is, this is coming in high. This is going to be a lot of money for this. Um, I, I said, I want to get into we'll get into David Cross in a bit. I have a lot I want to say about that, but we'll talk about Jason Lee a little bit. Maybe. Okay. I mean, we can talk about the script too, but sure. Jason Lee, <laughs> Jason Lee is terrible. He's so bad. He's, he doesn't give, I mean, obviously he doesn't give a shit. This is a piece of shit. He's doing a shitty fucking movie. The whole thing, his whole character is known for one thing. Alvin, Alvin! doesn't deliver it. He doesn't scream. No, he doesn't yell. He's like, he's like, he Alvin. Holds back. Uh, but can you imagine this must've been one of the least fun things to do? They said that he was, he was rehearsing his lines with stuffed fucking animals in, you know, placed in certain places on set so that he would know where to look. But then he's acting to nothing. But imagine being Jason Lee. So Jason Lee got his career. He's a skateboarder. Yeah, that's three right. Years, and then he did the Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, chasing or chasing? Did you chasing, chasing Amy, Amy and Mall Rats? Yep. And yeah, yeah. And then he uh, he even did Vanilla Sky, which is one of my, which is a movie I really enjoy. One yeah. of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Okay. Um, but he he's done. He was doing. You know, it's a Cameron Crowe movie. He also did Almost Famous, which is a Cameron Crowe movie. That's he's right. very good in that. Yeah. So he's done legit movies. Worked with real directors. I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan anymore. But you get no. the idea. Yeah. He yeah. was doing stuff that of its time was interesting, influential, yes. creative. That's right. And he completely threw all that away you know, and, and started doing these movies. And how was my aim? Did you my ever watch my aim Did you ever watch that? I never I watched, watched a couple it. episodes. Not really for me, yeah. um, but it was at least, um, there's something that isn't this. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, the thing too is like, you know, it's at one point and we'll get into David Cross a bit too, but how much more money do you fucking need, man? That's like, right. I mean, Jesus. how much, I, well, I don't know what my name is really, we got syndicated. I think that yeah, lasted a long, so I mean, it did. What the fuck, man? Like at some point it's like, what, what, you know, and then he did four of these. I mean, he must have made all maybe made five million for this film, and then t- who knows? But now, he, probably- he was contractually obligated. We'll get all that with the David Cross stuff. Okay, um, and we'll kind of explain that how sequels work in the industry, sure. a little bit like that. But uh, yeah, at some point you're like, how much more do you need? Right, it, it is. It, What's it, the difference between fifty million and, and hundred million? It's miserable like, in this movie. He looks terrible. He looks miserable. Terrible. At- I mean, but can you imagine? Like you're acting to nothing. Like how do you? Yeah, but so what? Jurassic Park, the same thing. Yeah, you're right. Well, well uh, yeah, hate, hate to break it to people, but like. Every fucking shitty Marvel movie you watch, and those movies, are, I'm sorry, they're not good. They're they're fine. They're much better than this. But these are not. Way this better. is not Citizen Kane. Let's let's yeah. you know. We'll yeah. Pump the brakes. The Marvel stuff for a second. <laughs> There's a few I really like. Okay. Okay. But um, like Civil War is a great film, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's great. A it's a great film. It is a it's B plus film. That's a B plus film. Thematically, it's amazing. So it's, it's like shocking. It's the conversation, cool. Godfather, and Civil with Captain America's Civil War is that what it's called. Well, you just said A A A B plus. So it's that's not different. great. So, um, so what? Is, what are those movies? In? Very, okay, great, very super good. Super great then. movies. Super great. That works. No, Uber great. Uber is that great. better? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to go German? Of, but those movies all have heavy duty CGI. Yeah, they do. Fact, the only director that really makes kind of huge movies now and doesn't use a lot of CGI or tries so hard not to use it. Usually Christopher Nolan. 
Yeah, uh, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, all of these guys are working with stuffed animals. Okay, but, there, but that, coupled with the fact that this is an absolute piece of oh. shit script. Which Just you, a piece of shit. And you know everyone watching it is, like, judging you. Of course. You know, and... and um, all of his peers know, like... I mean, a, a lot of his peers, I'm sure, took took money for to do, you know, whatever. Yes. Especially if they're not... If you're not Tom Cruise, you're, right. you're selling yourself out yeah, a little of course. bit. course. You gotta make a paycheck. I get that. But, like, this... Like you choose this piece of shit. So he, so I said, people are probably, well, Chris, it's a kid's movie. Like a layoff. Well, okay. Here's how stupid this fucking movie is. So you have talking chipmunks. Yeah. Who initially do frighten people. Cause it is, must be very odd to see a talking chipmunk. I would think so. That'd be, that'd be mind blowing. Halfway through the movie. That oddness completely dissipates. Gone. And people just kind of accept it. They do. If I saw a fucking talking chipmunk, that would be the most fucked up thing in the world. Oh Yeah. I, it would scare the shit out of me. Much less one that sings. Like, I would just be... And where do they learn the songs? Oh, I don't know, because they're in the middle of the fucking woods, so they, they get not, satellite radio, they got some sort of implants. They know the lyrics to all they do. these songs, and they're not even a year old, because they said it's their first Christmas. Right. And you mentioned they have very short lifespans. Yeah, 36 months. Fine. So they're, let's say, eight months old, and they know the words to so many songs. They know how to sing, they're gifted. dance. They're fucking Fine. gifted. But how do they, let's say they are gifted. Let's say they're genius. Where do they learn these lyrics? I, the satellite dish in their fucking tree. I have no There's idea. No it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. They also don't like to give you any back. They give you backstory in one sentence. Fucking Claire says to, Claire is the love interest of Dave and says, Oh, same old Dave. You know, the guy who always is fooling around and can't handle a serious relationship. It's we like, never thanks for all the black backstory on that. No that one second. Not one evidence that ever, that that's the case. No, no. Or, or fucking David Cross delivers a line like, oh, we go way back. We've come a long way since college. It's like, oh, thanks to, thanks for all the background story Which there. Never Thank gets you. brought up again. Ever. So you think he's such a dick to him the entire fine. time. And you want to do some, you know, expository stuff where they are from friends from college. That's fine. Fine. But why even bring it up? You're never going to talk about that again. Right. In fact, in a lot of ways, it almost like runs counter to where the relationship between yeah, because the two characters they're so shitty to, Right, exactly. Exactly. It, like, couldn't he have just been a guy who was listening to, uh, you know, to Dave's songs and, yeah. you know. Maybe you had a tenuous like, relationship with him business-wise. Yeah. And then, yeah. So the other thing too is so. Oh, I almost got the, up. The here. whole crux. What's happened? I just, I, I almost, like, I, I almost mad. had an outburst. So, so the <laughs> crux of this movie is that the. Uh, Dave, the Chibonks want to be a family with Dave, and Dave is kind of rejecting it. Because so, apparently he's not a family man. Because we learned from Claire in that one wild, sense, I guess. But doesn't really. It's not. Oh, he seems like a playboy. That guy, he gets around. He, he gets so much yeah, ass. Has, there's no other time he's getting ass. There's Never. No other time you see a woman. He's just a doofus. He's just kind of. A, he's he's kind of a loser. He's like a washed up loser who somehow affords a fucking house in Hollywood. Do you know that house is probably worth eight hundred thousand dollars? Where the fuck does he afford that? Worst fake hairline. I've seen it. Oh, as that's well. bad. Yeah. That's um, bad. so just be bald. It's okay. If Dave's bald, I don't know. Dave needs to have yeah, a full head of hair. No, it's fine. fine. Um, so the chipmunks live with Dave for sounds like a couple months. Then the, um, David cross character, Ian takes them under his wing and they go on a giant tour. So at some point, I think the chipmunks are with Ian longer than they were Dave. Right. They know Ian's so touch. Why would he even, soft like, touch wanna, Dave's. You think Ian's <laughs> fucking the chipmunks? Oh yeah, he's getting it. I don't think I don't, he's not I don't think having sex. No, I don't think so. But either. why would also why would Ian have the chipmunks live in his own home? Right. He said your house. Why and it's like, his house. Just like why rent, rent a house. Why, right. why would you want three chipmunks? You're a record exec and you personally manage and go on tour with these motherfuckers. You have a slew of secretaries in your office. Did you see them? Oh, that was weird that too. That was so weird. That was weird too. Like Dave walks in and they're like, they're 10 secretaries and they're giving him, hey, do you want some coffee? Hey, do you want some tea? Hey, do you want some muffins? Whatever. When he goes in, but then when he goes out, they like give him the cold shoulder. How would they have known what transpired in the meeting? No, no that makes no sense at all. And, and, and like I said, people are going to say, well, it's a kid. No, you, you can still have things make sense. You can have it's it not an excuse. No, it's not. Kid, just because it's a movie for kids, kids still have brains. You could have done this with a simplified script and that could have made sense. This you know could have made sense. My favorite thing growing up as a kid was, was, was the old Batman show. Right? Yeah, yeah, 1966 you love to yep. 1968. Right. Uh, um, uh, it's my favorite thing in the world. And uh, when I was a kid, I really loved the Adam West Batman. Uh, the Adam West Batman was entertaining for kids because it was it was uh it was very corny, cartoonish camp even though it was yeah but it was also really fun for adults to watch because it was very tongue and like the yeah. ridic- batman is saying ridiculous stuff yes the the uh the villains are like fun kind of be celebrities at the time right like it's it's really clever and fun and it it, ma- it manages to meld both stuff for kids and stuff for adults and adam west has got a lot of charisma Oh yeah, I mean he's he's great. I mean yeah. it's it's perfectly cast. It works really well. Yeah, and I know the Pixar movies. I, there's and I'm gonna say right now, there's a lot of adults who maybe aren't very bright that think these cartoons adult contemporary adults. Yeah, okay. They think these like like think like a Shrek. 
Like, they think that's very funny. Like, these people who are, either have no sense of humor or maybe are quite dim that think Shrek is wildly <sighs> funny. We just lost half our listeners. Oh, I hope Sorry, not. guys. I, I really, I, I hope our listeners are better than that. So, you know, and they think these jokes are very funny. Yeah. But at least you can give Shrek some credit, I guess, for trying. Yeah, of course. On some level. Like, yeah. oh, well, they put the effort in. Like, yeah, these jokes are really shitty for anyone that's not, like, watching network TV still. Yeah. But... They tried. This movie really makes no effort to appeal to adults. The I, weird thing too is the I, writers. Go ahead. I don't. I said I don't even really know how it even appeals to kids. I don't get it either. It's not entertaining to either. I I wouldn't think it's entertaining because that. Here's the other thing: the chipmunk voice singing is the worst thing ever. It is terribly harsh to listen to. It's you think awful. a kid wants to listen to that fucking shrieky hellhole? No. So here's the thing that runs counter to every point I'm making right now. Okay. So all four movies made a shit ton of money. This is like a $2 billion franchise. It's so, like 300 yeah. million, 300 million, 200 something. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, it's not the, $2 billion, but a, mil, a billion and a half. When you, I think when you're, yeah, pro, it's a, over a billion. We'll yeah. say that, easy. Because especially, especially you can start working like merchandising. Merchandising, product, Jesus. Yeah, crazy. You know, and if the movie was so bad, the first one, kids wouldn't have rushed out to see the second one. So kids obviously do enjoy this, but my whole point is, are kids enjoying it because there's nothing else and they're kind of told to enjoy it on Saturday morning cartoons. Like this movie's coming out, get excited for it. You know, when I said, when we were kids in the eighties, you had better movies to go to. Yes. They were movies that might've been more risky or violent or, you know, like Indiana Jones. Like I was watching Indiana Jones sure, when I was absolutely. five and six. Yep, so was every yeah. boy. Temple of doom is a, whatever. What our it came age out. was, was seeing those movies. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, every, you know, uh, what else? Gremlins. Gremlins. You know, right. Very weird and, and dark and, and all dark. that. I know I changed the rating system and stuff, but like every, or even the, like, like the Henson stuff too, like dark crystals, dark and weird Labyrinth. and stuff or Labyrinth. Yeah. Yes. Like these, and they're good movies. They're they interesting. Are. Like yeah. they're, they're, there's a lot more to these films. I always, I always say Goonies, uh, you know, these are fun movies that appeal to everyone that are just wildly entertaining movies. And I know a lot of them had to do with Spielberg, how, you know, E.T. Sure. Look but at then, E.T. But that's the thing. Yes. Look at E.T. E.T. Exactly. E.T. is a movie that appeals to adults and kids. It does. It is. It is. I watched E.T. when I was three. So don't tell me it's I, in the theaters. I was at three years old. Watch this movie. Right. I don't tell me that a, a kid couldn't watch that. So why could a kid enjoy E.T.? I enjoyed it immensely. Why could a kid enjoy E.T.? Why can't we make that kind of level of movie making? You know, why are we making movies so dumb for kids? And I'm not saying in the 80s there weren't dumb movies for kids. There were. It was like, I know it was like a little pony movie. There were like... Oh, those Care Bear films. Care Bear, yeah. You know, right. it was definitely shitty kids stuff. Yeah. But there was a lot less of it and there was a lot more quality that kids could see. Maybe they just... I don't know because they... I'm feeling like it's more... For, they would be more formulaic about how they make these films now. But it's so badly done. I don't. I don't get how this could be the formula. I, that was that was like the header of my notes is like who are the fans of these things? I guess not just this, but also the song too. Like we'll get to there, but but it's like who are the fucking fans? What are we getting to for the song? What are we, let's, do we, let's not talk about it yet because it's just going to make you angry again. Let's not. Well, I, I almost want to be done with this movie. So what are we doing with well, the song? Yeah. Right, okay, no, guys, okay, stuff. Gr- you gotta, I know. I'm just so disgusted. I'm not disgusted with you. I'm disgusted with the movie. I'm not done with the movie. <sighs> It's uh, it's that fucking Kroger and Santana, and we'll we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. You mean, oh, you mean oh, I you mean you mean that no, song? Oh, I mean, oh, that, I know you oh, mean songs. Well, the songs in this too. The fucking. Don't, you know, I'm not. No, I won't okay, play it. Right. But the Witch Doctor song is a fucking oh. hit. Oh my god! Ooh ee ooh ah ah! Come on! And I know that was a hit at one time. In the yeah, in, in the, the late fifties, early sixties. Was that kind of a, a nod to the older stuff they played though? You know what I mean? Was oh, that, of course it was. So this is the creator is Ross uh, Bagdasian. Yeah, and this something. is his son. He actually, yeah, the, his son is in his seventies though. So, this, but his son voiced Alvin. Not this time, but it ba- he he did for a while through like the nineties. No, early he 2000s. voiced when they sing. I don't think he did. No, he, he's credited. He did it. Wait for the the singing voice. Yes. Was it him and his wife? I swear that maybe Ross you're right. The Bajazian guy is the singing voice of Alvin Bag- in this movie. Bagdazaran, Bagdaz, Bagdazaran, whatever. Doesn't really. Do you know he won two Grammys for engineering because at the time, right. the cool thing is, is at the time, figuring out how to do that, uh, how to you know sing sing the songs and speed them up, but have that fit with the rest of the music was kind of a, an achievement. So you right. got to give him some props for that. But this is the most well, that's annoying his dad, fucking though. thing. That's not him. No, no, this isn't the... No, uh, uh, Ross was the original guy. Right. Back Ross, or, this Ross Sr. and Jr. Um, yeah, so Jr. Senior. is the singer Junior of I, Alvin. We're going to have to... Movie. We'll fact check I mean, I'll, that. I'll, I'll you don't have to look at it right now. I'm, I'm okay, you do that. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, you I'm, tell, not, fine. I'm saying it is. I'm not... 
this isn't like a point of like, I, I All think right, well, there's you know, sometimes you miss on trivia. So I just want to make sure that do I miss on anything <laughs> on trivia. Um, so cinema score gave this thing an a that means people who right. left the fucking yeah. theater said this is an a film. Yeah, I mean cinema score. You can't trust them, but still like it's this is not this is fucking crazy. Um, oh, there was a couple terrible. Okay. Yeah, John Vitti and Will McRobb wrote this fucking thing. John Vitti of Simpsons fame. He will rewrote the oh. five, fifth most um, Simpsons episodes. Really? King of the Hill. Oh, Dude, Jesus. Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi of Pete and Pete and Ren and Stimpy, dude. Yeah. Writers of this film. I know. That's I, I guess. Ren, see, once again, we're talking about cartoons. I don't really like those. No, things, those things are Ren wild, and Stimpy's great. Wildly overrated. No, it's not wildly overrated. Well, no, but, if you, but look at. Th- yes. Those were wild. Ren and Stimpy's wildly creative. Very creative. This is like. I agree. I mean. I'd rather watch nine hours of Ren and Stimpy than two hours. Oh. Well, maybe not. I'd rather watch like four hours of Ren and Stimpy than two hours of this. You're cruel. Ren Stimpy's pretty fucking it's, awesome. It's stupid. Space Oddity is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's not. Um, so no there, relationship did, development. No plot development. The director of this. So I want to go through his. Oh movies. yeah, let's do that. Right. Pretty good. Tim Hill. <laughs> Tim Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, here is the Tim Hill masterpiece. <laughs> Ninety nine makes Muppets from Space, which I think is one regarded as one of the worst Muppets movies. I've I guess. Never, and I've never I, seen I, it. I, I, yeah. I haven't seen any of these movies, so I'm, I'm being shitty. And I haven't seen these movies. I don't care. 2001, something called Max Keeble's Big Move. Yeah, oh, that was a. I, that was either a cartoon or a kids show. Then he wrote the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Of course he did, but he was on the the cartoon either as a writer or produced mm, that or something. Another over a piece of trash. I never saw it. 2006, he does a sequel, Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties. That was the oh, I guess it was two. I guess that was the sequel. Bill Murray was he the voice in both of those? Which oh, at the least the first one? one he was. The first one he was right. Oh boy, yeah, how funny. He probably did the second one. Ugh. Bill Murray's done some. Bill shit. Murray's in this century, not not great. Uh, 2007 does Alvin the Chipmunks. When I say does means directs. 2011, he directs Hop. 2014, he directs Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. That might not be a movie. That might be like a special. And 2020, I don't know if this came out or not. I don't think it did. I think it might have been postponed because of epidemic or maybe Kitty Cut. SpongeBob movie, uh, Sponge on the Run. He wrote and directed that. Okay. Sponge on the Run. Sponge on the Run. Um, so all of those films, SpongeBob SquarePants movie sucks. All of, stupid. All of those films were wildly successful. Over a hundred million dollar films. Every single one of them, dude. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, who are the fans of this absolute? Well, this is kids, even mediocre. They're kids that are forest fed liking this. Oh, they're just told but, but that I this just, is good. I just can't believe parents haven't revolted a bit more. I'm like, why aren't movies like when I was growing up? Because they were a lot better then. And I'm not saying that out of nostalgia bias. I'm saying it because they were a lot better then. Okay, more more of a theory. Maybe kids have more time alone now than they did in the past, and so they need to watch kids more have less content. time alone. Kids are more <sighs> helicopter parents than ever. And I don't know. Watching, when we were kids, we watched movies by ourselves. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, I just figured maybe they needed more content so that people are just tossing it out there and it's just all this shit now. I have a, I have two nieces and nephew and I brought them to see the Lego Batman movie. I love Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was just like, it was just like nonstop. Yeah. It was like noises. And it was yeah, just like, right. they threw in a couple of jokes to try to make it entertaining. But it was just, it, it was just hard. I, I don't know. I get it. I guess it's not for me. I don't care. I, I see. I don't really, once again, I don't really care about that criticism because this is my fucking show. It's yeah. our show. Oh, of course. We're both in our forties and we're going to judge it like so. I'm not going to pretend to think it's fun for a kid. This movie's shit. It's stupid. It's horribly written and it's trash. Absolute trash. You want to talk about the actors? I want to David Cross. I don't, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the actors unless you really want to spend. No, you, no, Jane no, no, Lynch no. Is a, I mean, this sounds terrible to say, but Jane Lynch is a fucking whore. Like, she'll do anything for a fucking paycheck. I don't know her from anything else. I oh, don't. yeah, you do. She was do in I? Glee. She was in, she's in those Christopher well, Guest movies. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. She was in for three minutes. Less yeah, than that. Of course. They wrote Two her minutes. Check. She's famous for this. Is that what she does? Yeah. Damn it. She plays off of that same character. Like, she, she, yeah, really she does the same kind Glee of character into the ground. Which, honestly, I kind of give her credit for. Even she'll do, like, Snickers commercials, whatever it fucking takes. Right. Which I guess, like, keep building wings to your house, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I, I really don't. I ne- if I, if we never mention the word generally on this show again, I'll be perfectly Damn, happy. Cause I really like a mighty wind and best. In I show. do too. Yeah. Those are great I, I think she's a weaker links and just the, the gle- taint on her from that. But okay. Who, what, else, what else you want to talk about? What other actor? It's gonna piss me off. No, just David cross, I guess. Let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about David cross and his relationship to the series and movies. So David cross is someone I find incredibly fascinating. Yep. Um, so, you know, we, you, did you like Mr. Show? On HBO? Uh, it, it wasn't my favorite. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Him and Bob Odenkirk. Right. It, it is. They did sketch comedy in a, in a, uh, in a very different way that married some of the improv natures yes. of how 
some improv forms are structured with sketch comedy. Um, and they did, I think, a really great job with the two of them as far as uh, building creative, interesting characters but not lingering too long on them so they, they got old. They yeah. made, it was a very fast-paced show. I think it was just really well-written and really, really well done. He then also does Arrested Development, which is probably yep. what he's most famous for. Yeah, I'm and that, I think he's fantastic. Uh, among, among younger yeah. people, especially. So, first three seasons, then after that gets shitty. But right, yeah, it's, yeah completely yeah. plus part. You could even say after the first two. But um, to his he's very funny in that. Um, he's also, uh, imagine, you might know him, well, I was... I first found him as, uh, from Mr. Show, but then uh, oh, stand up. Yeah. Very talented stand up, especially when he was younger. He, he was very good. And he does have an improv background. I've actually seen him do improv personally in mm. Boston. Um, he, and uh, I did talk to him quickly after the show, but he was very friendly. I mean, whatever that's worth. Yeah. Okay. So I think though, absent of all that, he's, he's very honest about show business. In what way? Like what? Uh, what like you ask him a question, he'll answer it, which, oh, which okay. doesn't sound like much. But when you start talking about like finances and like contractual obligations yeah. and like how the studio system works, most people clam the fuck up where he mm. will actually talk. And it's really interesting. Well, I know he opened his mouth about this one. Uh, yeah. So we'll get into that. So let me, yeah, let's kind of take step sure. by step because now actually this one, he opened his mouth up again. He did open it up, but he actually talked more about the third one, but let's get into it. So they go to him. They're going to produce this movie. Okay, and they go to David Cross. I don't know exactly the offer, but they offer him X to do this movie, and he says no. Then they go to Pat Oswalt and Brian Pusheen, and they offer them the money. And mm. Pat Oswalt has a joke like, "It took." I think they say so, th- we the three of us were in a room. We th- I threw the script up in the air, and David Cross ha- happened to catch it or something. Yeah, it was something like, like that. He's right? like, "I couldn't have thrown the script away any faster." And, oh right. Uh, and David Cross was like, "Just as quick to pick it up." Yeah. Some, yeah. But what happened was they went to those three. They all said no, and they went back to David Cross, and I believe they doubled the offer. No. At that point, then it was it was worth it for him to do, do it. I it was guess. a million dollar movie for him. Uh, I, I take the over. Yeah, I, I guess they might have offered a million and went to two. So, or maybe they went. Maybe it was five hundred k and they went to one. Yeah, maybe something like that. Okay. So, I guess what he did with the money was he at the same time he was getting really tired of New York City and he wanted to have a place to go. So he bought. He used that money to put down a down payment on a uh, like a cottage, five and a half acre cottage up uh, in like Westchester County. I yeah. Guess. The other thing was, and this is where his excuse kind of falls flat with me a little bit, and it does eventually bite in the ass a little bit, is that he claims that he wasn't working. So he basically claims that after Arrested Development wrapped the third season, right? He didn't he didn't work again until this movie. Said so like six months or something, or which I kind of throw a bullshit flag on. And here's why: David Cross was an incredibly talented stand up comic, and in fact, at that point in time, he was still a very much a known thing. He could have easily done a thirty city stop and would have made made money. Okay, would he, would he, he could have gone made, on tour. Would he have made a million dollars? No. But would he have made a good amount of money for that time? Absolutely. And okay. also then on top of it, you also have the CD that comes out. You'll make a little bit of scratch from that. Like there are ways to pay dividends from doing a tour. It also means you have to go and sit down and write material. I get all that. But if you're sitting back for six months and not, not acting, which I totally understand that happens. He's, you know, maybe he was mildly, but he had a skill set where people, that people would have wanted. Right. Had he toured, he, he toured before. So yeah, he could I mean, have done. Oh, he had, yeah, uh, he's had like three, major CDs come out, major comedy CDs at that point. Like he yeah. could have easily, and eventually he would go back and do another one. Like, but it wasn't like he quit doing stand up. It was like right. Steve Martin. So he could have easily done, uh, you know, it wasn't like this guy doesn't have a skill. He's not like he's only an actor. He could have done other things. Um, he also, you know, can write, you know, he could have written for a show or whatever. I mean, obviously I wasn't there. I don't know. You know, it, it would have certain, I've been, I've yeah, been, there could have been extenuating circumstances, and, uh, maybe family stuff or whatever, and, and but he's, still. he's like, listen, I know it sounds like he just like wasn't working. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, it sounds like a guy that had been working pretty consistently, like heavy duty. And then all of a sudden the when arrested development went away. The, I mean, and that happens to actors. They kind of panic in my typecast. There's a lot of doubt, self doubt oh, right. that goes in and, uh, they kind of freak out a little bit. And I also understand that myself. Like, okay. So I've been working my entire life. I've been out of work, uh, since, so we're doing April this, or something. Yeah. Since like, yeah. Since like April, very like early three April. months. So I've been out of work for three months and like, I've like gone batshit crazy at least like two times in the three month period. Like as right. my wife, like I've gone completely nuts. So I totally get that. But at some point in time though, do you, when do you sell out? So he, so he does, he does sign into this movie, but here's what happens when you do a movie as a franchise, like a Batman franchise or Marvel movies or anything like that. You don't just sign in for one movie. Yeah. You're contractually obligated. And typically the industry standard is three. When you sign up for a TV show, when you sign up for the pilot, typically the industry standard is you actually sign in for five years for movies. That's why like after five years, George Clooney got the R that wasn't like an accident. I see. And after, after five years, when the friends cast all said, we're not doing a sixth 
unless you pay all of us. We're all going on strike. I see. You're not going to Suzanne Summers us. We're all going to, it's all or nothing. Right. Um, and so David Cross for movies, it's three movies. So you sign up for one, you're almost always locked in for two more. That's just how it works. Industry standard. And he knew that going in. Okay. So he, yeah, but he wanted the paycheck. So, wanted the paycheck. so it, it was he, worth he, it. Had, he had his eyes in that home in yeah. New York. Do you, do you get to renegotiate how much money you make in the next one? Uh, not typically. And certainly he, oh, would, he really? wouldn't be able to in this situation. Wow. Um, cause they would just say, fuck you. We'll see in court. You already signed in. So, and it's not like he's like, um, but they don't pay you for all three. Do they? No, no, they only, you only get, you only pay for, play. so it's kind of an option. It's an option. So if, if right. we do, if, if we do get green, one, green but the good news is you'll get this X amount. Usually if yeah. you'll get a little bump from the first one, I see, but you know, but yeah, so if, let's say you're Harrison Ford, you're Indiana Jones, and then you're, you're kind of actually obligated to the second one. You could probably hold out and be like, listen, right, no, you're Harrison fucking right. Ford, but you're David Cross. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing you're Ian Hawk. So he, <laughs> he, he claimed that. So at the first one comes out, he got a lot of bullback from fans. People were really all up his ass. I remember this happening. Like people, cause David Cross's whole stick was like shitting on hypocrisy. Of course he makes fun of religion a lot. He makes fun of other celebrities. Like he is pretty fearless with a lot of his stuff. And he, he's a kind of guy that like, like really holds no, like does not suffer fools lightly. Like he's the first one to point out something and like laugh at it, mock it and really shit on it. He, he, and he'll be one to kind of go overboard. Yeah. So him doing Alvin Jones movie, and especially if you watch his movie, he's actually like a fucking tool the whole time. He does. It's very, it's very not David Cross. So he basically comes out and says, listen, he eventually wrote a blog and said, I wanted to, I, you know, he explains all the reasons I just gave you. Yeah. I wanted the summer home. It wasn't I, working. Wasn't working. Yep. I wanted to. Okay. So by the time the second one rolled, this one was a ton of money and whatever. People kind of forget about it, whatever. He has to do the second one. So he does the, the second squeakquel, by the, the way, squeak, squeakquel. Yes. Makes 400, 400 million. Makes insane amount of money. Yeah. So, and he has a good time doing the first one. I, I don't know if him and Jason, we get along relatively well. The director, everyone's seen, he, he's fine. He's a very temperamental guy. So if he's mm. fine, it's fine. But while the second one was going on, he's starting to, his career starting to pick back up again. He does with the misadventures. I'm sorry. Forget, know, Todd Margaret, which know. is pretty funny. I watched the first season. It's pretty good. He plays a, it's a guy in England. It's all, it's all done on location in England. Sure. It's, it's, it's fairly entertaining. He also, um, he, uh, during this time, he also pitched a show to HBO, um, with him and Bob Odenkirk that eventually that, that one actually get, got rejected. Eventually they would end up doing another one in 2015, but he had this stuff, stuff in the was works. Coming right. up. I think right. he, Charles did eventually go and do stand up again. So things were, were popping and he kind of not forgot about Alvin Chipmunks, but like he was taught, he does the second one. It's fine. Whatever. He gets his money. He's happy. Um, and then he got married during his time. That Amber Tamblin girl, who's a lot younger than him. Right. So he got some grief for that, but whatever they, you know, they're still married. So kudos to them. Yeah. Right. Um, and he, uh, he Todd Margaret is kind of a, a cult success and they actually got picked up for a second season. So things are kind of working. And around this time, word starts coming out. They're going to make a third movie. Jesus. And he's like, all right, well, that's fine. I expect it that, you know, but he's like, yeah, he, how much time and effort did, would it take for him to put into this? Like, I mean, he, you know, he's, He's probably in, he's in a lot of scenes. He probably has, I don't know, 30 minutes on, you know, on, right. on camera or something. So but does that take a week, a couple weeks? Uh, no, it probably takes a couple, probably takes a couple months. Does it really? But, but a movie like this, especially well, special, that's probably a two months shoot. I, I'm guessing, but that's probably about right. Shit. Um, so, um, so the second one, you know, pops out, whatever. So the third one, so there's rumors are going to come out with it. And he's like, eh, he's like, so he kind of lets his agent know, can you let them know I'm not really interested in doing it? Like, you know, I I know that they're going to give me X, which probably would have been over a million dollars, but I, I just have a lot of stuff going on. I'd really much prefer not to do it. Basically, I don't want to fucking do it. Yeah. And the agent probably said, hey, listen, Dave has some conflicts, you know, the, the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but right. the studio was very aware that he did not want to do this movie. Okay. They were very aware. Yeah. Um, and um, rumors started percolating again that he was going to be involved with it. And he reached back to his agent and his, basically said, he does not want to fucking do this movie. Yeah. He's in England doing pre-production for Todd Margaret. They're ready to go. They're going to start shooting in a couple weeks. And, um, he gets a phone call and the agent says, are you sitting down? And, uh, he says, we have, and I guess it went through like a laundry list, 15 lawyers that were oh, there. Jesus Christ. He says, so they're going to move ahead with, with Alvin chipmunks three chipwrecked. What the fuck it's called? Uh, this one it's is chipwrecked. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and you're going to do it. Fuck. And he's just like, fuck me. And he's like, all right, well, I have Todd Margaret. Is there any way we could like work around it or cause I'm in England and I have to shoot in England. And, and they're like, no, actually not only that, but shooting's going to start in two weeks. Fuck. And he's like, okay. Uh, he, and he's like, well, drive a big part. He's like, well, yeah, you're actually in 90 of the hundred pages in the script. Oh, really? And he's like, this is the first I've heard of this. You, I didn't have any, they, they, they didn't just finish writing this yesterday. Like I, they knew that this character had a major role. 
And so it's uh, like they wanted to jump him at the last minute and force him to do it. He's so like, he couldn't right, back out, couldn't he, figure out a way. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what happened was totally. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I don't know why. I still have no idea why it's so important David Cross being in this movie. Like, why not just give this to somebody else? So anyway, so he's like, all right, fine. Um, I, I have to wrap up stuff here. I have to postpone Todd Margaret then. That's what they did end up postponing the shoot. Uh, he's like, well, then can I at least go back to New York and get my stuff and I'll meet you guys in Hawaii where this is going to film on location. I guess. In Hawaii? Yes. He's got he's to fly like 18 and hours. Like, uh, actually, we need you sooner than that because oh. we need you for rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, are you fucking kids out? It's a Jim Rock story. movie. I've played I this can role. do this in my sleep. I've done this part already twice before. Twice. But they had him. They had him on the ball. So they, oh. they, they shoot the movie and I guess... From my understanding, he was miserable. And said, yeah, I'm sure. I guess it was even a part where he had a dress in a pelican suit. And he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, they well, gave it to him. He's like, do I need to be? I'm in a pelican suit head to toe. Can that just be a different actor? And I can go and do some other Todd Margo stuff. Uh, in, in, pel- yeah. yeah. It's like, I guess I can just do voice. I guess it's all on this cruise ship. Yeah. So he's like, I don't, you don't even need me for that. Like week and a half year on the cruise ship because I'm, I'm in it. And I guess the audience isn't even supposed to know that it's a pelican. Oh, and they're like, no, you have a very specific walk. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, these guys are dicks. So he, the movie is shoot, the movie finishes shooting. He goes on Conan O'Brien show and good luck finding it. If anyone can find this, I'd love to see that. I, I spent like an hour. You try to find it. Couldn't it. find it. Uh, uh, Conan is very uh, particular about what he, he controls all, all like his clips and everything. Uh, and him and David Cross have a friendship. And this also kind of makes Conan look bad. From my understanding, David Cross shits in the movie so bad. He, and, and then on the lamp, he turns on the producers and there's some anti-Semitism stuff potentially involved. Uh, I don't really, so it's hard. I don't, I don't really you know. Have I haven't you, seen you, it. You didn't see no. it. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, but the second that even like gets even gently brought up Conan, like, I guess you can like see him wince <laughs> and he's just like, I don't want any part of this. Cause I'm, you know, yeah, you know, Hollywood is all the same. Not, you know, I don't let me phrase that. Hollywood, a lot of the same producers are working. Of course, not yeah. so much the anti-Semitism. Right. Yeah. Uh, so David Cross is just going off on, and David Cross, meanwhile, by the way, I should say was born Jewish since agnostic. Um, okay. But yeah. so, but I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just clarifying. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's an anti-Semitic, but he was just basically going off. In this well, that's producer. the rumor. And that I you're... really do. I didn't see this. So I, I, I'm, I might be talking on my ass here. Yeah. But he definitely, if someone find, if someone knows where or can find this to yeah. show it to us, and I'd he, love to see it he too. He definitely does say like, don't go see them. He's doing promo press. Cause that is, you're actually obligated to do press for a movie. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically, which, which is kind of breach of contract. You're, he's saying, don't see Alvin among three chipwrecked, which also, People fact, think it's funny. Not it, only it, that, it's a it gets press, but it does. Also, no one who's going to go see a movie is watching Conan. No, you're so right. it doesn't have yeah, any pullback. In fact, it's only a good thing. No, I mean um, the thing makes three hundred thirty. Yeah, yeah, no one does kind of affect anything. Just like the rate, the reviews don't affect this movie either. It's like no. it's like it's abs- You know, it's beyond that. So, um, but yeah, I guess he really should. And then he did apologize for because what happened was he just mentioned he didn't mention the producer's name. He just said a producer, and they thought it was this the the de- de- Begazian and his wife. Mm. But he's like, no, no, they were the kindest people. And he says, I have, and the director was very kind, and everyone was really sensitive to my situation. So who was who was that? I guess it was this one producer. One producer that this woman. He does eventually name. I guess it was two producers, but he does name the woman in an interview. I saw like Kathleen something, I believe, and uh, he did an interview with um. Uh, I forget now on serious except with uh oh my god I'll, I'll think of the comics name in a second oh, it's gonna be was crazy it like now. Norman or, it was or? G- uh, Jim uh, oh my god yeah I don't know oh it's gonna drive me crazy I'll think of it I'll think of it during the show I've seen the guy do stand up like 10,000 times oh I'm getting old this sucks clearly he's, uh, um, he's left a big impression he's no he's good Jim Norton Jim huh, I just you, I thought asshole. I just said Norton did you oh, yeah oh, I didn't hear you I'm sorry yeah least, yeah so he did uh, the serious XM show with Jim Norton I see and, and uh, he, which is on the line. You can so watch he it. Apo- really so he apologized on that. Uh, I think he does apologize on that one. Um, Interesting. D- uh, d- he basically says he names the bad producer. But the thing is after the first one that he does after after number one, he goes on MySpace and he says, I did this for a paycheck, which is kind of a backhand. He like, a whole blog. But I know. Well, that's it's, what I'm still, uh, it's still up. You but can find but it. he's saying like this movie is shit. Yeah, I know it's shit, right. but I did it for a paycheck. So right. he's also shitting on the movie then after the but first he does one. Say it's so not maybe for, the pro- it's not for me and I had to get to right. I think but maybe the producers are kind of like, okay, if that's the way you're going to fucking act asshole. That's the first. I don't think so because the second one, I guess was a pretty good experience because he got a lot of shit from that though. He got blowback from he that. He got a lot of blowback. Yeah. Um, like, I, oh, you're just making yourself look bad by shitting on the rest of the fucking production. A lot of people were employed for this mother this piece of shit. Yeah, I think that kind of blew over the third by the third one though. He basically was totally like did and, you do the fourth and, one. No. Okay. They end up using a Tony Hale also from Arrested Development. Um, that's the buster. Oh, buster fucking buster. Uh, you know, he's also in veep as well, but yeah, yeah they right. end up using him. Um, but so, but then but so so that's kind of the poison pill. I think when you make a deal with the devil, 
when you sell out, and obviously I'm nowhere near as successful as David Cross, or obviously, obviously. Um, but I, you know, I guess I, you know, we've all had jobs where we sold out. Of course. It's like, you know, what's it worth to you? And it's not like, you know, I have a real, I understand David Cross wanted a nice home, a summer home, but like, it's not like he was doing it to feed his family. Yeah, but it's still a job. I mean, it's still like a job that pays really well. And, and so are you cool with him doing Alvin Chipmunks? Um, I just wish that he would have negotiated better. Maybe he was in really a spot, but like I would have, you know, wanted to have a piece. Of, if I knew the first one, I don't know. I would have wanted a piece of the action. Pay me a million, but fine. Give me whatever points on the back end of this motherfucker. Cause just in case it hits. I don't and think then you do three. I don't more. think that would have been the table to be honest with you. You don't think so? No, I don't think that would have worked for that. Is it just because he's not, he doesn't he's have enough not, pull. Right. He's not that big enough star. So yeah. like when we talk about twins. Danny Vito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They both, had that. Both pull. actually didn't get a salary. They got points. Right. He wanted money you know he wanted to buy this house yeah like, and not only that but he has no he's not in a place in his career he's never really been in a place where he can start you know negotiating points yeah that's something okay. directors or a-list stars can do not i don't say c-list he's not a c-list but like a b b minus yeah. list guy sure he's never gonna top line a movie right um uh, uh, you know so he really can't but can't they really that. wanted him i mean to come back twice i guess if they doubled double his salary at some point you have to i guess you have to say yes maybe it was a million dollars Maybe he's, he never made a million dollars in his life, or you know, maybe so he accumulated a million over the course so of his this career. This is interesting. I saw another interview he did, and he said that the money he made from Adventure Monks yeah. is more than um, everything he did in Arrested, except for Arrested Development. So every so Mr. Show, add all together. Uh, he said stand-up CD sales. Didn't mention stand-up actually, like the, the amount here. Okay, because maybe but working as yeah, a comic. right. So maybe take away his stand-up money and take away his direct money from doing stand-up and take away his Arrested Development, and what he made from Adventure Monks was twice what he made for all those things combined. Yeah. So and then like he, and the then paycheck he did, was just like, he said it was way more than is way more than anything he's ever done. It's more than the rest of Bellman. Cause that even if more than anything he's ever done, even if it's a million, you know, you do that three times, even if it's just a million, three times, probably I'm sure you got a bump, but even if you do that and you're smart with your money, you set your, you set yourself up for life. Like yeah, say fine. it's one, one and a quarter, one and a half, or even one, you're fine. One and a half and two even. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. And then by then though, remember he had ownership in Todd Margaret, you know, he had, yeah, by then his career had taken a different direction. Yep. And then they also did the rest of development ones. I know those movies are, the shows are obviously shit, but he got a pretty good amount. They all I'm got sure he money got, coming right. back and doing them. Yeah. In fact, the money was so good. That's why they shot it that way. Like, you know how they do like each character has his own episode. Yeah. Because it's a way for this, for Netflix to save money from having to pay them for eight episodes. You're only oh, paying them for two. Fuck. Yeah. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, I think the David crossing is really interesting and it does. I don't, 100% blame David Cross for selling out because I know who am I to tell a man or woman how they can make their money but I definitely don't should don't think he should be surprised there's some blowback yeah uh, of course you know and like the week we're taping this is the week the Howard Stern stuff with um, you know the blackface and um, the oh, word stuff came out saying he didn't use right. those words which is stupid which is entirely different than this I totally get that but in some ways for me it is very similar in that we're not when I was growing up, I listened to Howard Stern a lot on WBCN yeah. 104.1. He's on at nights in the nineties. I, I mean, I idolized him. I used to like, I'd listen to it. I would tape record. I would just, I would, my friends and I were obsessed with that. I can't, it's hard for me to even measure the level of obsession I have for this show. Okay. Um, and it really influenced me. It really, it really just, oh my God, it drove how I looked at the world even today. And to hear Howard now is a completely different person. He completely sold out. I'm Absolute not saying David out. Cross did that. It's nowhere near that. I mean, he was trying to be honest and own how he felt about the situation. He I agree. He wasn't lying. Like, that's the thing. And that's you know. the thing. So that's why, like, Howard thing to me is somewhat unforgivable. No, it's completely and unforgivable. Compa I'm not comparison. saying the guy should still be saying the N-word on air. No, but I'm saying he's completely changed because the whole thing with Howard was his authentic. He's so authentic. Yeah. You believed him. You, you believed you were like, I don't say his friend. You kind of did. That was, that's how that world worked. You believed you were with him. You know, I think now he needs psycho psychiatric help. Not then. I mean, and yeah, I just think so for him to almost like turn his back on the relationship that I had with him as, and I was, you know, but whatever. I mean, I bought his book course, his movie yep, and yep, I really yep. care about him. And so with David Cross, I feel like he never really gave up who David Cross was. He just took a paycheck and I think that's different. I, and for that, I think David Cross should 100%. be forgiven for this. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I'm totally on board And it doesn't really affect how I look at David Cross now. I still like love watching him on Mr. Show. I still enjoy the first couple of seasons of Arrested Development yeah. and him being out of says no taint on me. But if Howard made a movie now, I wouldn't see I, it. I wouldn't see it. There's no way I'd see it. And if I was forced to see it for the show or whatever, yeah, I would really, like I can't listen to a show anymore. No. Like it really stains me. So I think there's different levels of selling out and the David Cross one, I think is fine. Oh no, yeah, he can, yeah, David Cross doing stuff from here on out. I, I would check it out, of course. But it took really the Howard stuff this week for me to really kind of like understand mm. what it meant, the different levels of selling out. I can see that. Um, so David Cross, you get a, you know, whatever pass from us, I guess, but the movie, this movie does not. This movie is awful. I give this movie an F 
plus, the infamous F plus. Yeah, it's not, it's that that's it for me. Uh, I don't. Th- it I don't... is by far the worst movie we've seen in this show. <laughs> it's close. This will be the the last. This will be the like, the last one ranked. And it's gonna be tough for this to, to get. We might. Off. We might. I have to think about this again. But Identity Thief is so bad. But this is this is actually. I think you're right. This is worse. This is I worse. think you're right. This is worse. Yeah. And that one's worse than Poseidon for me. So yeah, this, I think I think you're right. Yeah. We might have an award oh, yeah, ceremony uh, coming up. Oh, well, this would be an Akiva. If this, uh, might, be the this Akiva. might be our Akiva. It might be Akiva for a while. This movie's bad. If we, this is how, the first truly terrible. Poseidon's this very is, This bad. shouldn't be a film. This is not a film. No. This should it's be a commercial. This should be a so, lifetime, you know. Uh, it's not even that. It's, it's, it's a commercial. It's a, it's commercial. a 90 minute commercial. It's a, a bad commercial. It's bad. Can yeah. we go from one sellout to another then? Ugh. Okay. So the song we're talking about this week is uh, Into the Night. Now, I want to talk about first. So we've talked about Santana first. He was he was on the first episode. We talked about Smooth. That's right. Very first episode. Very similar situation we both, here. We both say we don't like him. He, yes, I think uh, I think Santana is revered for no reason. I think he is a really over one of the most overrated guitar players on the planet. So we're in lockstep here. Yeah, this is a piece of shit song. So, but it's very it's a very similar situation because Santana all he does now is make compilation CDs or records with well, CD compilation CDs with other artists, other big name artists to try to boost his profile, or he releases um, sort of a combination of that and a best of right. And that's what this is. So this album is so so, commercial. This album is ultimate Santana. (laughs) Okay. That's what it's called. (laughs) And it is, it is this compilation, right? There's yes. There's new songs and there's shit from Abraxas, like the earliest early black magic woman and Oyakomavaz on this. And what was it? This has it all. This, this has, ultimate, exactly. This is ultimate Santana and like greatest hits from fucking supernatural. So smooth is on this. It's like, it's crazy. Ultimate Santana. <laughs> ultimate. This thing sells. It's not a huge deal, but it sells a million records. Okay. Um, this is okay. It has a bunch of collaborators. So this one, these are just some of them. It's got Jennifer Lopez everlast. Chad Kroger is on this song into, into the night. Chad Kroger, of course, from Nickelback piece of shit. Rob Thomas, uh, but the Rob Thomas one, it's Steven Tyler. That's not a new song. No, no, no. I'm just yeah. saying that's who's on. Like, but, the, but this Chad, I'm just Kroger. Sh- one is this new. is a new song, yeah. right? So into the night is a new song for this. That's because that's why it charted, you know, this week. Okay. Um, and the reason why this happens is because like, like we were talking about, he's a bad guitar player. Not a bad, he's not a bad guitar. He's a severely overrated guitar player. He's not a good guitar player. Santana can't carry his own band. That's the problem. He's not good enough as a guitarist to, you know, playing to be the feature you know, he's no Steve Vai or anything like that. He's not Stevie Ray Vaughan. That can't be the feature. He isn't a good songwriter. Most of these songs are written by the other stars. Same thing when, you know, when it was Santana Braxis days, he might've written one or two songs on that album, but they were mostly, some were covers and some were, um, you know, just written by other members of the band. And the reason, a lot of the reason why that Santana band was so good during a Braxis is because you had like awesome. You had an all-star, he had an all-star band with him. He had, they, they went on to become Journey. Mm, right. Yeah, all-star sure, band. Right. Episode. I have a question for you. I'm related to this. One more thing. One more thing. And he right. can't sing. So how is right. he a band leader? Yeah. He can't really be unless he's got all these stars. What's your question? So where are you on? Uh, my my pronouncing his name. Nils Lof, Lofgren. I think he's Springsteen's guitarist. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really he know. He does a song, a song called Black Book that is um, on the Sopranos. It's uh, in one of the Sopranos episodes. I'll listen to it's it. It's on the soundtrack. Yeah, I'll listen to but it. But the guitar playing in that is, in my opinion, a very untrained ear of this stuff. I don't know. I, yeah. I would hear it, but like, in my opinion, it's the best guitar work I've ever heard. And it's, it's, I think it's awesome. a live recording. I think it's called Black, it's either Black Boots or Black Book. Let's find it. I'll listen. And it's it's phenomenal. Listen to the whole thing because the end is like, it's just, it, it, to me, it sounds incredible. You might say, actually, Chris, it's really easy, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. But that to me is the best guitar. And I think if you're going to be like a Santana, and that's your whole thing is you're this you're guitar, the guitar player then like because this song has like a really long guitar solo yeah and i mean that's what he he's obviously i guess and i looked him up a little bit i guess he's like really well renowned as a great guitar player yeah um obviously with springsteen springsteen's obviously gonna have great yeah, people working yeah of course, course yeah. Yeah. he's gonna have a great um band. but like that to me is like this especially this song um, we'll go into it this this doesn't even do guitar playing doesn't no it doesn't that that, and that's that's what happened so my question is if that's the case if he's got so the other thing is the musician list on this album is like 40 deep there's like the songwriter, there's like 30 songwriters on, on this album. So, so is that the case? With how? The, so is, with movies, if you have like a ton of people that work on a script, that's always like sure something movie sucks. Yeah. If you see like screenplay by and it's more than two names, chances are the movie is garbage. But how is he paying for it? That's what I don't oh, understand. Well, no, 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 no. You sell a million copies of this album. That's not that much to yeah. pay Jennifer Lopez and Everlast and Nickelback. Nickelback was huge at this time. 
you had a lot of like kind of A-listers. But if you time. have a lot of songwriters, is that usually assign them the song, the song or the album? Well, sucks, I or think is it's that just not, because not correlate. It's like just movies. because every song is a is a comp is a you know a collaboration between right. him and another artist. Right. So basically, it's going to be a different songwriter for each okay. one, kind right. of. Um, you know, some there's some that that carry over, but yeah, thirty writers and like forty deep musicians. So. This is a song with Chad Kroger. So he's right. the lead singer of Nickelback. And mm. I, that's actually why I wanted to talk about this song this time. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, Nickelback's a joke. But somehow they've sold 50 million albums. So, okay. Let me just say this about Nickelback right off the top. I just want to explain myself. Okay, I, I, don't, I do not like Nickelback. No, I don't, I don't like think Nickelback. Good. No. I don't think Nickelback is the worst thing in the world. I think Nickelback is shitty. It's shitty. I don't think, but they have a reputation like, the, like if anyone talks about the, what's the worst band who ever lived, people say Nickelback. It's not. I, no, I don't think they're that. No, because they're, they're not like they are derivative of the style and of the time. They don't write anything particularly compelling or interesting. They're extremely mediocre. They're so boor- they're, they're, they're yeah, boring. They are like, but they're not like a they are terrible the band. Of mediocre. Yeah, but I don't think they're the worst. No, they like, can construct. Like the Mock Arena. No, ah, still. Mm. Well, we don't have to get into that. Right. Now. That's another episode. But, but at least. They can craft a you know a listenable song. It's not good. I don't want to listen to it's it, but it no. sounds like a pop song with that. They sound like kind of what you know Creed. It's like the same thing for me. Right. Um, Another band I think is like really lousy, but really not lousy. the worst thing that ever walked no, the earth. No, no, I won't. Like I'm not gonna listen to them. I would never. And if put someone, if someone chose to listen, I would make fun of them. Yeah, but I'm not gonna like put my e- fingers in my ears. This is the second time that uh, Santana and Kroger have hooked up. The first oh, time. Oh, my. Partnership with Lennon McCartney is can't. You remember this one? Yeah. Yeah. So this is Why Don't You and I. And actually, this is kind of a, a funny situation. It's um, a better song than this. It this is one. a better song. Although, uh, let me just tell you that this is one of the, this is a representative of why Santana um, sucks so bad. Here's his fucking guitar solo from that song. Oh, I hate this solo so bad. It's not even in the right key. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. And it's like you your job in this song, because you don't write Chad Kroger wrote that song too. Your job in the song is to play some chords, and then you're gonna have a, a 25 to 30 second guitar solo. And you're telling me. You, you you probably you probably heard the song a month before, two months before something. You telling me you couldn't come up with a better fucking guitar solo than that? That's such a piece of shit. Like oh, it's such such a piece of shit fucking guitar solo. It makes me want to smack it. He's still alive, right, Santana? Yeah, oh, he's alive. When he dies, get ready because it's gonna oh, be. Oh, I know it's gonna be a pot like the people are gonna lick his fucking ever. sack. Oh, it's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be. He all, is so bad. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a really annoying week. He is an adult contemporary guitarist. I agree. He is no better than that. Um, uh, the funny thing about that song though was uh. Nickelback was about to release an album when that came out. It was in 2003. And so the his, their record company said, I'm sorry, you can't release this song with, with Kroger singing on it. So Santana re-recorded it with this guy, Alex uh, Band. And they sound exactly the same. You would never know the difference. Both charted. Uh, but the one that, that you and I are probably familiar with is the Alex Band song. And, oh. it, or uh, Alex Band, yeah. And the reason why it's kind of funny is I was like, this is Chad Crow, but it's, he sounds like a little bit more a ball in his mouth. So he's just like slightly different. I didn't know it was a different guy. Wow. But I was like, wow, he sounds funny here. Um, so that song hit number two, but music, it's like, it's all fucking, it's all fucking trash. Um, all right. So here is the song that we're doing is Into the Night. Here's a little piece of that shit. Fucking do it, bitch. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm drinking. I'm, I know, you I'm, drink. I've been drinking. Uh, no, I'm just trying to get this fucking thing to play. Sometimes it pisses down me. east. This song sucks. I mean, this is not good. Song. I have a few things I want to say about it, but just just get this in. Uh, we got to get to the chorus, though. All right, that's enough. Um, so there's a few things about this. First of all, the melody is so bad. It's just the entire time. There's like no difference whatsoever. The other thing is I noticed what something. Is hey, oh, hey, oh, oh yeah, hey, when you go oh. to the chorus, uh, which is the oh, hey, oh, hey. Wait, <laughs> right? 
It's like when you're a, when you're a gifted songwriter like uh, Chad Kroger, you got to really go to the syllabic fucking chorus. Well, Buster Poindexter first, right? Maybe. So, oh, wait, what did he do? Oh, hot, hot, hot. hot, hot. hot. Well, at least that's a word. Hey, it's okay. like you, you'd have nothing to the chorus is supposed to sort of wrap up the theme of the song and you've got nothing to say, but AOA fuck you. That's the other thing about. The, oh, no, we'll get there first. AOA. His lyrics, dude, like a gift from the heaven. It was easy to tell. It was love from above like it saved me from hell. She had fire in her soul. It was easy to see how the devil himself could be pulled out of me. Yeah. There were drums in the air and she started to dance. Every soul in the room keeping time with their hands and we sang AOA. Not his worst. Photograph is his worst, I think. Ugh. Look at this photograph. Every time I do it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> how did our eyes get so red? And what the hell is on Joey's head? That is um, a fucking lyric. Maybe they go back into that songs. bad. Maybe they, maybe, oh. they are, maybe they are the worst thing ever. I went through um, Rockstar is bad too. I won't go through anymore because it, it'll. Uh, you'll Why also are your eyes so red? You probably and what's on his head? There's a reason for that. It's a, it's oh. the light, right? I mean, but, it's, yeah. it's not, not that hard. You don't need to say about it, buddy. It's, Jesus. It's so fucking ridiculous. Um, but the other thing I want to say about. thing on Joey's head? <laughs> who the fuck is Joey? Give me some context, Kroger. The other thing is that I did notice about <laughs> it is the way that they or he treats his voice it's he is unmistakable except for this this band guy who took over from him but his voice is kind of unmistakable you know it's him and the reason why is they their engineers they treat his voice in such an annoying way and every single song they sort of double him um so it's like him over himself right one's kind of a, a like it's almost like a john mayer kind of does it too there's almost like a whisper track and then there's the rest of his volume and the rest of it, uh, his second track is like full volume and he always has a, a harmony overlaid on him too. Really, really, really low in the mix. So it's like if he's singing, he's like, like over it, like way, 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 way down in the mix. He, they always do that to his voice. So it sounds the same every single time. It's unmistakable who, what he sounds like and it's fucking annoying. He's like a chipmunk voice. So my question is who is listening? Who is buying this shit? Who, yeah, who, I don't know anyone who owns Ultimate Sand. Who is buying this? Who? One million people bought this fucking piece of shit. Who? The worst lyrics. I don't know. So that, that, that's it. That, that was the, to me, as I was like going through the fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks and then to this fucking Nickelback slash Santana joint. I, that was my, it's like, what mediocre asshat is watching the shit and listening to this music. Ooh, ultimate Santana. I'll <laughs> buy this. Uber Santana. Nice. Ultimate. I uh, know that this, uh, this song. Yeah, I, I uh, is it's, it's fucking this, trash. This has been a rough. It's, it's a, this is a rough one. I was, I had a, the movie is only 90 minutes long. I had such a hard oh, time getting through that. I was like, it's shoot rough. me in the fucking face. Just this week has been kind of shitty. Uh, I mean, walk hard is fine. Walk hard was good. Um, it was fine. Uh, and then, uh, the Chris Brown song was not very good. Shitty. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know because you know we had also I am legend before you know maybe we kind of like shot our load with um, I know but 2007 this is like a real dark spot music really dark dark spot we kind of have a little bit of so by Mike that you know th- he said like, oh no if you go back and listen to like stuff I was in high school like this a lot is of what it's trash kiss, kiss is what it sounds like yeah and I I I'm glad that I wasn't listening to radio then I, or you know if I, I grew up then I would have been really I'm trying to think of what I was in. I think I was listening to like a lot of like Arcade Fire at that time and um I guess other stuff because this, yeah. this stuff just didn't hit me no, luckily um, not at all I don't know there's not much more I had to say about right. uh, this piece of shit uh, yeah you I mean, talk- we, we've gone pretty long with Al I'll just I'll just kind of explain where I am then this time in my yeah, life sure. so I was living in Dover New Hampshire with my uh, with my girlfriend at the time we had uh, gotten a condo well she got the condo I kind of moved in um, and, uh, I was working for a company that did, uh, like, uh, uh specialty paper. So like, mm. uh, check stock has very yeah. uh, securities and stuff. And then, uh, it also, so I was with this company actually from 2007 till 2000, until uh, I went to New York, 2009. Okay. So, uh, this is, I just got hired. This is like my first, like real like job. that would be kind of a career. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I, I was in and out of minor league baseball for a while before that. And then I, you know, I worked for a newspaper in Florida for a year. I had like, this kind of jobs pop and pop out, but this was the first job where I was actually kind of like, all right, well, what do I want to do? And, and I was, yeah, at that point I was just selling this stock. I was kind of the junior sales guy of the team and I was just trying to, to figure it out. I remember like one time I went to work 
and uh, I had gone to a like a midweek. They had a bachelor party on like a Thursday night because the guy was getting married on a Friday because to save yeah. some, to save some money. And I went to work there. I went. I got so I got so drunk. I got blackout drunk. Like it was fucking crazy. Like got thrown out of a, a bar and door. It was just it was just like a typical bachelor party nonsense. Sure. But I was I, I was so dumb. I was only twenty seven. I didn't know to like take that Friday off, dude. I don't, yeah. you know, yeah, don't go. Oh my God. I'll, I'll, so I go in, I'm like puking at work. I'm like, I, I'm oh. white as a ghost. And uh, I had to leave work early. And then Monday, my boss calls me and says, Chris, you can't, can't do that. And I'm like, no, you're absolutely right. I can't, you know, and yeah, it's like, yeah. so this is the kind of like where I was kind of like learning how to be professional or at least try, try to be. And, um, and that's kind of what, what I was doing this time. We just, I was trying to be a grown up here for the first time in my life. I was really trying to be like, all right, well, this is what, I was just trying to be a grown up. I was trying to not be like an ass, you know, an asshole. Yeah. Um, you know, immature fucking kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time I was like, all right, I got to kind of shift here. Right. Um, and, and, and try to do it, do it the right way. Okay, good. I mean, we talked about where I was in California, so I don't yep. want to talk about it anymore, okay. but can we go to headlines then? Yes. Yeah. Um, so a man shopping for sneakers in Vero beach, Florida found $5,200 in cash stuffed into a bear, a pair of, sorry, a black Reebok sneakers. Oh, Number two, Eddie Van whoa, Halen. Whoa, stop. Whoa, stop. No, that's. Oh, Do you want to talk about that more? I just want to understand. So what happened? He, he turned it into the authorities. That, that was, was your it. headline? That's, there's not a lot going on. You took the big one from me last week. Okay. I mean, last episode. All right. Second thing. Okay. okay. Eddie Van Halen and Valerie Bertinelli divorced after 25 uh, years of marriage. Valerie. You, let's talk Valerie Bertinelli. I'm not attracted to her. I don't find her very attractive. Even when she was a, so like, yeah, I'm I, not I, saying the early days of, uh, cause remember, uh, <laughs> she was a kid, uh one day at a time was yeah, off like right. 10 years. Yeah. But like the last couple of seasons of one day at a time. No, it wasn't. Nah. She's one of the first, like I remember thinking like, I remember being like four or five being like that girl's like really pretty. I remember really? like thinking that like that's someone I find attractive. Part of it was, I think the haircut I hated too. It was sort of parted in the center and she had like, you know, she did, was she in the seventies. Yeah. 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 But not, not a fan of Valerie Bertinelli. No, but I am a big fan of Eddie Van Halen, even though I know he's a crazy son of a bitch. Yeah. But I am a big Eddie fan. So I side with him on this one. Oh, all right. Not that well, they I'm, I'm team Bertinelli on this one, I think. Okay. Um, That's all right. We need a little fucking podcast. I just, I just thought she was uh, like super like. I don't even I, think I she's very like, talented. No, she's not. She's a lot of like those made for TV movies. Yes. She did like a short little sitcom on NBC. I think called like Cafe American or something. It was oh, on for a year. Yeah. Right. It was just kind of forgettable stuff after. So basically it's like one day at a time and then just that was it. kind of just Schneider and then out. Right. Well, <laughs> Maybe if Shana was lucky, <laughs> I was, I always oh. thought she was cute. I was like, she's like the epitome of like a cute girl from like that time. Some people are more like Melissa Gilbert fans from like, sure. um, uh, little house in the prairie. Yeah. Cause they, the boys didn't she do something after she did. Uh, what was the, she lived in a part. Wait, no, she? she's like, maybe she, same thing. Okay. They same probably thing. went to the same parts. I think I mixed um, her up with something, but, uh, Melissa Gilbert and her both run shows around about 10 years. They both kind of like grew up. Gilbert had a drug problem. No. Oh. I think I of Mackenzie Phillips. Maybe, oh, that's who's on thank one day at a time. Thank thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like uh, uh, Little House in the Prairie. I'd have to. I don't remember. You remember Little House in the Prairie? I remember the show. I don't remember Michael her Landon. I remember like the him. Of course, star of he died like of cancer. Perry. He was young. He did. Yeah, but she was like the. I'd, I'd maybe watch some episode, but I, that, she was I'm, half pint. I'm pretty young at that time. I know. Well, I was, it was on syndication all the time. Yeah, I watched better things. All right. Third story, Peter Jackson. And his wife, Fran, they mm-hmm. were in a heated battle with Bob Shea, who's the CEO of New Line. We're talking Cinema. about New Line, uh, uh, no, the new, exactly. Teenage Ninja Turtles. Yep, that's right. Episode. After, because what happened was, so after uh, the Lord of the, the Rings right. trilogy, which yep. won a shit ton of awards, made a shit ton of money, as you know, Peter Jackson goes and does the Golden Compass, which flops hard. Yeah, and we, and we did not do well. They wanted that to be like a three movie deal too. Mm. And it just, it got slammed at the box office. And well, they, they did King Kong first, right? Oh, then they did Golden Compass, right? I don't remember the. I don't. King Kong didn't work either, but it didn't. It wasn't Co- as ba- was big. The a Jack bust. Black one, yeah, but it wasn't as bad of a bomb as Golden Kong. Golden Compass, you're absolutely right. Completely, it was like just DOA, it was, right? It was a disaster cost them a lot of money. That's really uh, hurt New Line. Yeah, exactly. They almost went bankrupt. Actually, yeah. they almost were sold. It can uh, happen. A studio makes a big movie. It doesn't work. It, it can. It can kill you. They were almost sold to someone. Someone almost took them over. But but what ended up happening was so. Uh, New Line had the rights to The Hobbit only until 2009. So they oh. were starting to get up against the gun. Yeah. And they were arguing. What happened was Peter Jackson and his wife were arguing. Apparently, New Line didn't pay them as much on the back end as they were supposed to. It was like another 50 million or something. I think this. Yeah. Um, and so they, they uh, it sounded like from the articles that I read, Peter Jackson handled it pretty well. But this guy, fucking Bob Shea, went after him, like in the said, 
you know, I'll never have, I'll never work with Peter Jackson again. I will never have him direct the Hobbit movies. And he's the only one that should be directing the Hobbit movies, obviously. I, I guess. Well, I mean, he fucking did something God forbid right. someone else directs the Hobbit movies. Yeah, I know you don't like those, but yeah. they're actually really good. No, they're you not. You just don't, you're not a fantasy but guy. But I think it is a reason, uh, it's not sci-fi, it's fucking I said fantasy guy. Fa- fantasy. It fantasy, is fantasy. Dragons. I like the Hobbit. Did you read those books? I love those books. Can, okay, so that's your problem. Uh, you know, you have a block. Some, some say it's a problem. Some <laughs> say it's not. I say you have a problem. Uh, you know, I think, it, I think you know, all seriousness, so the reasons you're stating are why the Hobbit became three movies. Right. Yeah, that new makes sense. to save their bacon. They did. Because they were fucked. Yeah, it was supposed to only be two. Um, so on, but uh, this week is when they finally settled in court and it was announced that they were going to move forward and Peter Jackson was going to take over. It's a really uh, interesting point those. because one, so you think studios are like these things that can't be toppled, but they can be. No, you think they're so big monoliths like, um, if, cause they're dealing with such big money, 50 million, right. hundred million, 300 but like million. Look at UA, like United Artists when heaven's gate came out yeah. and that bombed, um, that it destroyed, it sunk the studio. Right. And we talked about like another episode, like how Orion got killed with some box office bombs over the place. For and meanwhile, they had Oscar winning movies back yeah. to back years and it still wasn't enough to save them. And then you're absolutely right. Something like golden compass where, you know, you get the rights, you expect this to be this big series and it completely dies. It dies. And it's like, Oh, now I'm out a couple hundred million dollars. And that's enough to sink a studio. This is like paying $200 million for a fucking pitcher in major league baseball. It's like, and then having him blow his arm out. Right. And now you got to try to fill the winning team. It's not, not really. Not if I were the CEO of one of these fucking, I would be scared shitless with a hundred million dollars. Well, it's movie. a big risk. I mean, when you start talking about doing blockbusters when you're not used to doing them. So like new line, I think is a great example because we talk about them, like how they started doing the Freddy movies, yep. which are very little risk. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. And then, they, and then they went to do the turtle movie, which we'll talk about for them to, to point out 13 was a million move, but still paid off. Totally. But big. then when you start amping it up, to bigger and bigger things, yeah. your risk becomes higher and higher. And Particularly yes, before Peter Jackson was a known quantity. Like, you know, to do that first fucking Lord of the Rings Lord movie. The, well, yeah, although which must have been expensive. My favorite Peter Jackson movie actually is The, the Frighteners, which is my movie recommendation this week. Yeah. Out, uh, Peter Jackson directed it. It's with Michael J. Fox. Yep. Uh, Trini Alvarado, who's not particularly great, but Michael J. Fox is really good in it. It's a really fun movie about like a guy so that can ago. see uh, like ghosts. Yep. Um, but it's not like the sixth sense. It's done very much tongue in cheek. And it's the last major movie um, Fox did where he had a starring role before his diagnosis became public. Really? Um, so it is kind of a fun little like time capsule movie. Yeah. Uh, the special effects are really good. No surprise, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Uh, but check that out. It's also filmed on location, I think in New Zealand. I could be wrong, but it's not, it looks very odd. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a Seattle town, but it doesn't, it looks, doesn't look, you feel like you're watching it. It's, it's very strange, but check it out. Um, it's uh, it has D Wallace Stone, who's the mom mm-hmm. in ET. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it has uh, Jake Busey, Gary Busey's kid. It's yeah. a, uh, oh, uh, has the uh, drill sergeant from uh, Full Metal Jacket, yep. Arlie Ermery. Check out the Frighteners if you're looking for a movie this week. Cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time, but you know that. But they, I don't know what they spent on the first one, but it must have been tens and tens of millions of dollars. That's a big risk, you know, Huge. without knowing Peter Jackson. And then, um, oh, you know, no, it was because they they were actually obligated to do three movies. When I did the first one. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like you, shot the first all three one at the same time, like back, back, oh, bang, did, bang, bang, bang. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. That first one, that was one of the riskiest movies ever. Yeah. What did they, well, I wonder what they spent on all three of those. Cause there's the so is, cause many they shot people. Them bang, bang, bang though. They made it so much money because they had yeah. the, the actors couldn't pull out. Like we talked about that earlier with, yeah. with these movies, you know, if they go more and decides doesn't want to do anymore, I would have really fucked but that's it up. Like nine hours of film that you're doing and with on location with a shit ton of fucking people yeah. with special effects. Yeah, that's you're, crazy. you're asking actors to give up like a year and a half, two years of their life because they're shooting movies back to back. Uh, the only other time I remember movies back to back like that is Back to Future Two and Three. Another Michael J. Fox reference. Oh, that makes sense. They shot those movies, boom, boom. Um, well, imagine they, they, they did... knew that because the one was such a hit, they knew yeah. that two and three would work. So um, the second, I think it was the second Michael J. Fox uh, finished shooting Family Ties when the show was over. Yep. He went and then did Back to Future, boom, two, boom. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff there. But uh, so we're back uh, next week, back Wednesday with The Hangover. Yep. And then we're going to do, and then uh, the next one is, is uh, up Saturday because we're going to 2009. I haven't looked at any music yet, but, uh, so hang over enough to, to, uh, two pretty big movies, I guess. Right. They're pretty, yeah. Big blockbusters. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm actually, it'll be fun to watch. I haven't seen them both in a while. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Thanks for listening.